right, here we are. Another Lawyer Talk Q&A, churning out the answers to all the questions on a daily basis. Well, maybe not quite a daily basis, but uh, I certainly do my best to answer the questions that are pouring in on the Lawyer Talk podcast webpage. And uh, to that end, I suppose I should remind everybody, if you've got a question, if you didn't get through on the Blitz uh, 99.7 with Loper and Randy as we as we answer their questions on Wednesdays, you can always send a question to LawyerTalkPodcast.com. There's an easy question interface, and maybe you'll be lucky enough to get your question answered right here. Now, today I'm going to do something a little bit different. It is a question. It is a question I legitimately received. I'm not making it up. But I was talking to somebody yesterday who is not a client, who is another professional, uh, not even a lawyer. And uh, this individual brought up a very interesting question. And and she was asking, what do I tell somebody uh, when they call me or when I first talk to them after they've been pulled over for a a DUI or OVI, as we call it here in Ohio? And she was explaining the situation where her neighbor uh, got got an OVI a couple weeks ago in Ohio and uh, was literally in tears. She was talking to her in the in the yard, and uh, she didn't know what to do. She was a little bit despondent, and she was uh, this professional asked me, you know, how do I handle that? What do I say? And I, you know, I think it's important as lawyers to uh, to understand that we have clients. We don't just have uh, legal problems, you know, and and we don't just follow the textbook. I actually do have clients, and, and clients are people, and uh, they have problems. Uh, and usually, what I say is something along the lines of this take a deep breath. It's going to be okay. You're not alone. You're not the only one who has gone through this. And I totally understand it's your first time uh, dealing with a problem like this, but it's not ours. It's not mine. I've done it many, many times. I've helped hundreds of clients. Uh, I think it's also important to tell people, look, it won't be long before this is in your rearview mirror. People survive this all the time. It's going to be okay. Now, this is hard for people to digest as they're thinking to themselves, holy crap, what am I going to tell my wife? What am I going to tell my husband? What am I going to tell my kids? What am I going to tell my job? I'm going to lose everything. I'm an alcoholic. I'm throwing all the alcohol away in my refrigerator. I'm never drinking again. I'm a horrible, awful person. What have I done to myself? What have I done to my life? Well, you know, all those, uh, as I tell people, are normal uh, questions to ask. And, and, you know, you would say, well, how is it normal? It sounds sort of... uh, uh, it sounds like it's it's over the top. Well, it, it's normal in the context that that is what people uh, experience when they have that anxiety, that stress of, of an OVI the next day when they wake up. Uh, it doesn't mean it's going to last, and it doesn't mean that it's all rational. But it, these are questions that uh, that people ask themselves all the time. And, I, and when I, I talk to people the first time, I always tell them, "Look, this is normal. It's going to be okay. This is the hardest." Uh, most stressful time in the case, believe it or not, because you don't know what to do. You don't know the answers to the questions that are swirling around your brain. You don't know what's going to happen to you. You don't know if, if you're going to ruin your life. All these things are these unknowns, and the unknowns cause the stress. The unknowns cause the anxiety. And the the best thing you can do to uh, deal with that is is get answers. And typically, the first step is to call a lawyer, call anybody, call somebody that's competent. Um, call me at 614-224-6142. Um, that said, uh, get some answers from a professional who can help you. And then I can tell you, look, uh, your, your life is not going to be ruined. If, if an OVI ruined everybody's life, uh, then there'd be a lot of lives out there that uh, were in tatters and never to be recovered because there's so many people that get OVIs and so many people that survive it. Um, the real question or the real the, the real issue that I think people should consider is not what's going to happen, but what am I going to do now? You know, how am I going to deal with this? And I think uh, it's very helpful to give people the answers to their questions, but also explain to them, 
um, this could be just uh, a path on on the uh, another paver on the path of the road to hell, uh, or it could be a time when you turn it around when you say I'm going to make some changes. I'm never doing this again, and put some plans in place uh, to make sure you never do it again. Um, and once I start giving people some answers, like what's going to happen with their driver's license suspension. What's going to happen with their car that's in the city impound lot? What's going to happen at court that's going to, that uh, is coming up within uh, three or five days? What is going to happen uh, with the case once it's over? And usually when I get through that, that first conversation, people start to feel better. Right? And I think this is not uh, any uh, magical psychology. I think it's pretty basic. You know, uh, Moving forward, taking steps forward, and solving problems incrementally one step at a time is the tonic for that anxiety. Fill the blanks of the unknown and you're going to feel better. Uh, and, and that's generally what I tell people in my first conversation who are distraught over the OVI. And, and I mean it. Uh, if you're out there and you've got an OVI and it's the first time and you're dealing with it, trust me, it's going to be okay. What you don't want to do is make your problem worse. You don't want to hit the hit the crazy panic button and say, screw it. I'm just going to, I'm going to just uh, ride the path all the way down from here because my life is over anyway. Don't make your problem worse. Um, let's You can make your problem better. And you do that and you start doing that by solving the incremental issues that you're facing. First and foremost, get a lawyer. Now, I should probably add that in Ohio, um, you know, if, if people just go plead guilty to OVI, if you just go say, you know, the heck with it, I'm going to plead guilty, courts have to do mandatory things. They have to give you a certain mandatory minimum punishment. And generally in Ohio on a first offense, generic, that is a regular, say you've got a test below uh, 0.17, but over 0.08, I won't get into the science there. But uh, generally what that means is you're going to do three days in a weekend program. You're going to go to a program at a hotel and you're going to be educated about all the horrible consequences and woes of drinking and driving and alcohol generally, and you're going to survive it. Um, you can pay for a single occupancy room. If you want to share a room and save some money, you can do that in the day of COVID. I think less people uh, are choosing that option. Um, but you're going to go to a weekend seminar. Nobody wants to spend their weekend uh, at a hotel alcohol drinking and driving seminar, but I've never really heard anybody say it was awful. I've heard people complain about like bed bugs and things like that uh, once in a while and, you know, shame on the hotel for that. And I've had people complain about a bad roommate, but, you know, generally the content of the seminars, uh, it's not so bad. We call that in Ohio driver's intervention program. I also tell people, you know, you're going to get a fine and after court costs, it usually shakes out about 500 bucks uh, and you're going to lose your license in Ohio for a period of one year, generally speaking, if you just go plead guilty. Uh, during that year, uh, you can typically get driving privileges to go to and from work. You can get privileges to drive during work as needed. You can get privileges to drive to medical appointments, often even uh, activities for your children if that applies. Uh, and, you know, depending on the court system, depending on the jurisdiction, the privileges can get quite broad. And uh, that's all good news. And the point is, is that you can survive it. You're going to be okay. And, uh, you know, it, it, it won't be as horrible as you make it out to be in that first morning after or the moment after you got the OVI. And I suppose that is like lots of other problems we encounter. We tend to blow them up in our minds, make them uh, horrible, make it seem like it's the worst thing in the world, call our friends, tell them our life is over, uh, go shut out the lights in the bedroom and cover our face with pillows and, uh, and wish that we were dead. Well, don't do that. Uh, here's the thing. You're going to survive it. You're going to be okay. And it won't be long, as I said before, that the whole thing is in your rearview mirror. And then the only question is, what do we need to do to make sure it never, ever happens again? So that was, uh, I thought that was a really interesting question. I thought it was helpful just to uh, get it out there. 
uh, on the Lawyer Talk Q&A. And as I said, it didn't come in through the normal channels, but I didn't promise that I only answer questions that come in through the normal channels. Sometimes I get questions upstairs at the law firm at ohiolegaldefense.com or 614-224-6142, and I may rework them a little bit to uh, to make it uh, answerable down here in the studio. But this one was a legit question. I, I did not change it at all. Uh, I, I answered it. And if you've got your own question, uh, look me up. Go to lawyertalkpodcast.com and submit it. Uh, lots of other great things going on here at the Lawyer Talk podcast. We are uh, we're doing these longer roundtable sessions for those who who like that sort of thing and want to spend the time to really listen and dig in. Uh, and I've got the legal breakdown series that uh, that I come back to here and there, where I take sort of the issues of the day and break them down. My my motto is always the same. Uh, I like to make things simple, and almost everything can be made simple. And I should also say that a lot of times, if not more often than not. Uh, the media that's reporting on legal stuff, they just get it wrong. You know, they're, they're not, uh, they're missing some nuance that uh, we deal with every day when we're practicing attorneys. And I try to break that down and make it simple for people so they can understand it and understand where the media is falling short on their reporting. And too often in, the, in this politically hotbed of a world, I hear questions and commentary that that's just slanted in a way that tends to fit the cause or the narrative that they want to promote. And that's not always what the reality of the legal situation is. So what I always try to do, you know, irrespective of any political bent, irrespective of any uh, bias that I that I carry, I try to give people uh, legitimate commentary on what is really going on behind the scenes, particularly in the criminal trials, the big ones that happen. Uh, I can almost always provide some insight that the uh, the mainstream established media is missing or screwing up. Uh, and uh, that's what the legal breakdown is all about. So uh, with that, we will end another riveting session of Lawyer Talk Q&A, where I am taking legal questions off the record, but on the air, at least until now.